Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, um, so that um, not only may we just read your word, but that we might study it and gain understanding and application of your word. We praise you in advance uh, for your revelation. Uh, and Lord, we just... Uh, Seek your face today that you might bless those who are with us physically and bless us through your word for those who are with us virtually. Uh, We ask now, God, a special blessing over those who do stand in the need of prayer. All the prayer requests which have come up before us on just this morning alone. Uh, There are others, God. We don't know their situation. We don't know their circumstance. But we certainly know that, uh, that you know because you're omniscient. And so we ask that even in the midst of praying for our study today, that you might also, uh, that you might also come see about some of us who are stranded in hospitals and in homes, who are incapacitated and unable to move and unable to speak and unable to talk, unable to study, unable to read. God, we pray that you might be with them and allow them to know that we are interceding on their behalf because we know that you can and we know that you will. It is in Jesus' name we bless you. Amen. 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 Yes. I want to say this. I want to. 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 I but uh, I don't want to feel sorry for myself, and I will, I'm not the type of person to say, why is this happening to me? Because mm-hmm. why not happen to me? I'm not better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I just continue want the strength to be strong enough to uh, go through this. My sight is not good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to ever be, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just other little personal things mm-hmm. that you don't want to talk about. You feel that, well, I know God knows. Mm-hmm. And I just want to keep being stronger mm-hmm. because I have to be. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you all. I love you all. And I feel that you're all reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, did you, everybody hear her? Everybody was able to hear her. And uh, I don't, you know, it's funny how how we don't understand how our walk, um, our walk in Christ encourages other people because they don't always stop and tell you. They don't always run up to you and say, you know what you did yesterday or last week or last month or last year. You know, I know that I've had students that I had I didn't know I had any impact on them at all Mm -hmm. until several years later when they reached back and said, 
Professor Gert, you said this and you said that, and that changed my life. We don't always do that. And I think it's important for us to be clear that when the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works, right? That you, I guess that's, that's really the lesson today. That's what, what you're, you, you, you're, you're the lesson today, right? Because the assumption that we make about that light is that the light is to attract attention to us. And it is not. It's not to attract attention to what we've been able to do or what we've been able to accomplish or how we've been able to, in your context, endure and to continue on and to continue working and continue to walking, even though we're walking through very challenging situations, the light that emanates from our life isn't about attracting attention, attention to us. You know what it's about? It's about attracting attention to the source of the light. Is that making sense? Mm -hmm. You know, and so at the point where you have someone like mother here who says, who says, I don't want to be selfish, right? <laughs> She's already put that thing into context, right? Because when we see you walking in the church, when we see you raising your hand and when you say, I want to say this, that's what she says. <laughs> you know what's about to come from, come after the I want to say this is something that's going to again be a part of her light shining before us, letting us know that, as she would say, through it all, right? I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Am I right about it? And there's so many that haven't done that. So many that haven't done that. You know, um, we have services that we do all the time. And you can look out and you can see that everybody in the room has not learned to trust in Jesus. They have not learned where to run when they are facing, when they're going through, as she has put it. I'm going through. She says, I'm going through. I don't know what's going on. I'm going through. Right? But I want to stay positive. I want to stay up. I want to stay, you know, and your strength and your endurance, but more importantly, your connectedness to the source of your power, right, is what speaks volumes about the life in it. And let's just be real. For those who are listening online, you're not here with me. How old are you, mother? Ninety-five. She's 95, so there's something she's doing right, <laughs> okay? And I don't know if it's the trusting in the Lord that's doing it. I don't know if it's the showing up that's doing it, but let me just be real. She shows up more than some of us who got all of the activities of our limbs, got full 100% 20-20 sight. She shows up more. So there's something about what you're doing that is speaking volumes to the rest of us about how to get it done. They always say, if I could bottle that up, I'll be a millionaire, right? <laughs> and so when I look at when I look at mother here, I think she's got it bottled up. Mm -hmm. It ain't gonna make you a millionaire. But it's sure enough give you joy. Yes. It is sure enough give you peace. Yes. And that's more than money can buy. You can't afford you can't afford to pay you can't pay for peace. Right? You can't afford it. So uh as always my Bible study partner has started the lesson off today. Are y'all ready? Y'all ready to study? All right, we're gonna jump into this. And uh, you got you got a you don't have a smartphone. <laughs>
But not that I don't have it today. Today, okay. You have one. I'm going to ask you to look some things up. I'm going to ask you to look up a definition. So, oh, you, I got one here, too. I'm going to make Jerry do some stuff, too. We're going to look up some words here. Let me see if I have a definition dictionary in here. It says dictionary, but I don't really know. I've got a dictionary. Hey, this is Joe. I've got a Bible dictionary. No, this, this is, uh, we're going to just do Dictionary.com. Hope this is thick. All right. All right. The scripture uh, that we're going to be coming out of today, uh, I've already said it. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Are you all right, Mr. Clinton? You good? All right. All right. A little warm in here, but that's all right. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Um, and uh, I think it is critical for us as we begin. Remember, we're still uh, studying. Uh, this is the fifth part uh, of our study where we're trying to move from membership to, disip to, to discipleship, okay? Trying to move from membership to discipleship. Uh, and if I were going, especially for the benefit of those who have not been a part of the study up to now, uh, let me give you all an understanding of where we've been. Uh, we started out uh, by discussing uh, God's call to salvation. Amen. God's call to salvation. And then we talked about, you know, just as a simple overview, we talked about simplifying what salvation is down to a level that it is understandable and accessible. Uh, not to suggest that anything that we think as humans uh, in the natural uh, can fully comprehend the uh, supernatural or the, the mind of God. But we have to put things into context so that we can hold on to them. And so salvation is one of those concepts that if you go to the world and you say, what is salvation? They, they probably not going to be able to tell you. They're going to struggle with that. And why you have that up, look up disposition. Disposition, Brother Jerry is going to look up the word disposition. The second thing we dealt with was after salvation, we understand our call to purpose. And you may remember that uh, when we talk about salvation and we use it in the terms that we used it in, which is God coming down again to the salvage yard, finding us uh, as quote unquote junk uh, that has little, if any, worth. God redeeming us out of that salvage yard, right? And after he redeems us, he separates, sanctifies us, moves us out. Then he regenerates us or restores us back to our original purpose, right? And so that's where we get into God's call to purpose. So that if God created you as a dump truck, when he restores you, he wants you to go get some junk and start dumping your junk, right? If God created you to be a Indy 500 race car, then when God restores you, he wants you to run to the oval track and start winning some races. If he restore, if, if he created you to be a, a school bus and he restores you, he wants you to go back to picking up students and taking them to school. So we, however, that's where we get into our issues because often we covet 
other people's purpose. We covet what other people are called to do and we shy away from what call, what God has called us to do because it's a little challenging for us. That requires too much work. That requires too much time. That requires too much commitment. Sometimes it requires stuff that we don't feel like we have. We don't have the self-esteem or people have told us things that we bought into and we and we've convinced ourselves based on what the world has said that we can't achieve, we can't do what God said. We don't want failure. We don't want to feel bad. We don't want to be down on ourselves. And so we shy away from purpose because we just don't feel like we are cut out even though God said I created you for that that's what I created you for and so rather than you go try to be a taxi cab and picking people up I want you to be that race car and go win some races right and so that's where God calls us to purpose the next thing is is that we were called to divine intimacy in other words we were called to communicate with God in such a way that we become close to God I've, I've always said it's no makes no sense for you to be in a relationship with somebody do, who don't want to get to know who you are, don't want to get to know nothing about you, right? I know that for, for my wife and I, if I start a sentence, oftentimes she can finish it. Why? Because she knows me. She know, And when she comes in the house and I hear her shoes clap, 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 a certain kind of way, I know what that means, right? I know what slam cabinets mean. I, I, I know what quietness means from her because we're close. We're intimate. I understand her. She understands understands me. I understand her thoughts. I understand her ways because we communicate. And all God is saying is, I want to communicate with you. Will you talk to me? Will you walk with me? Will you come to me in the good times and the bad times, in the up times and the down times, right? Uh, And so God calls us to divine intimacy. Now, here's the next thing we talked about God calling us, and this was last week, God calls us to study. And, And remember, then the word of God helps us to understand that we must study to show ourselves approved unto God, right? Work men and work women that need to not be ashamed, rightly dividing work of truth, right? And so we must understand the importance of studying the word of God because when we gain, when, I ain't talking about reading the word, all right? Now I'm, trying, I'm getting rough on some folk. I ain't just talking about reading. I'm talking about studying it so that you understand it because the word of God helped us understand on last week that when you do, the word can be a a lamp unto your feet and a light to your pathway, which is two different things, right? A lamp will tell you where you are right now, right? A light on your pathway can show you where you are going. And remember that word pathway translates to tramp, T-R-A-M-P, which is the root word of trampled. In other words, that light doesn't just show you any path. It shows you the path that is designed, that has been trampled, that has been traveled for you to go. Mother said it for us early uh, when she came in here. She says, hey, I might not be feeling the best. I feel like something may be going on. I don't necessarily know what's going on, but she helps us to understand. Let me tell you how I'm getting it done. She basically showed us a trampled path, right? Because she's walking that path, but she's gone before us in a direction that she's helping us understand how to go. Because there's going to come a day, Sister Jody, where you're going to feel like something going on with me. Something's happening to me, right? She's telling you my sight is not necessarily 100. So somebody else might be going through a situation where I might not be 100, as they call it in the street. Might not be 100 in that area. I might not have the ability to do what I've always been able to do. But somebody knows I can still trust the Lord at all. You know, I can still trust the Lord with all my heart, right? And lean out to my own understanding. So anyway, studying the word of God because it can illuminate your life. It can help you see which direction to go, which is why uh, it is important to study. Now, 
you know, I had a conversation. I just got an email uh, from the correctional facility. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, is, uh, he is, he's away. Let me just say it like that. And so he sends me, you know, the invitation to communicate with them. And so I, you know, I send him back, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk. And so he sent me a message today. And he's telling me, Pastor G, you know, I got an appeal coming up. Uh, and whether it goes through or not, that's not my concern, he said, because I need this time. He said, I've become closer to God while I've been here than, ever, than, than any other time in my life. He said, I get two hours a day to study the word of God, right? He says, when I come out of this, he says, I'm going to be ready to do what God has called me to do. He says, I've been a sin. He says, I've been a sin to slave. He's been, I've been a slave to sin. That's what he said. He said, when I come out, I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be ready to go to school, you know, whatever. And so it was awesome because as he's telling this to me, I'm thinking about last week's lesson, which is called to study, right? Remember we said, if God does not call you in your circumstance to study, chances are you won't. I don't know why he had to go through what he's going through to get there, but thank God he did, right? Because at least God is showing him that he needs to be in the word. And God has put him in a situation where he has two hours a day where he can study the word. Now, my, my job and my role is to make sure that his study time is effective. Right. That his study time is impactful, that he's not just reading words, but that he's understanding what he's reading so that he gets not just not just information. Y'all know we talk about it all the time. Information is what you get when you read a textbook, but that he gets inspiration and revelation. Right. You know, revelation, rather, which means that the, what, what he's studying should impact and change the course of his life. All right. And then y'all know, I've, I've probably often, I've probably said this before, but have I ever asked y'all, uh, said to y'all, you know, if you started out at LaGuardia, two planes start out at LaGuardia on the East Coast, headed towards the West Coast, and they, if they start off one degree off, by the time they get to the West Coast, are they still one degree off? By the time they get from the East Coast, these two planes take off LaGuardia. By the time they leave the East Coast, one degree, not 90 degrees, not 45 degrees, not 100 degrees, but just one degree off. By the time they get to California, where are they going to be? Where are they going to end up? Are they going to end up right next to each other? One's going to be in like San Diego <laughs> and the other plane going to be in like Washington State somewhere. Right. And so that's why it is so important that, that when someone says, I want to start studying the word of God, that they start on the right track. Because if you start wrong, you can finish wronger. Is that a word? <laughs> wronger. Right. So nevertheless, the fourth study or call is for the call to us. To study and thank God that he shared his example today by giving me by uh, hitting me up and sending me a message letting me know that that's where he is now that he wants to study and certainly if he's been put in a situation where he needs to study the word of God all of us who are not in that same situation should be able to find time you know what I mean should be able to find time to study the word of God so that we can be on purpose now today uh, call to Christian disposition is it it's probably gone it's probably off now yeah, so I'm probably going to have to plug it back in. Yeah, just hit the, yeah, it, it, yeah, it done went off. Okay, nevertheless, 
Okay, y'all know how I'm going to do this. We cannot pass the word call, right? It says call to Christian. Why, why again does God have to call us to any of this stuff? Why does he have to call us? Anybody? I've been saying this now for about five, five weeks. Is it to get our attention? Mm-hmm. To get our attention? Why does he have to get our attention? That's a good why does he have to get our attention? Why does he have to call us? Huh? If it's up to us. There it is. So he's trying to get our attention. God understands that if he leaves it to us, chances are we will not concern ourselves with our Christian disposition. So he has to call us. Now that doesn't mean that God hasn't already told us through his word how he wants us to act, to respond, or to walk. He has. But chances are, if he doesn't call us and give us a responsibility to keep that at the forefront of our mind, we're not going to do it. Let's read uh, what the word disposition means. Y'all ready? Just so everybody's on the same page. Disposition is a noun. All right. It's a it's the predominant or prevailing tendency of one's spirits, natural, mental an emotional outlook or mood, characteristic attitude. Mm, this is deep. State of mind regarding something, your inclination, okay? Uh, physical inclination or tendency. Arrangement or placing as of troops or buildings. That's disposition is in position, like where things are. So, y'all catching that? So there is a, according to that definition, a disposition a state of mind, right? A certain way of looking or an outlook. And then there is a Christian disposition. What might be the difference between the two? Anybody just want to share? What might be the difference between a, a disposition and a Christian disposition? Do I need to read the definition again? A predominant or prevailing tendency of one spirit. Natural mental an emotional outlook or mood. So there is a disposition. There's a a mood. And then there's a Christian disposition. There's a Christian mood. <laughs> is that making sense? There's an outlook. But then there's a Christian outlook. Is that making sense? So if, if, you, if, you, if you take that definition there, Christian attitude. So that means there must be an attitude and a Christian attitude. Y'all catching it? One that God wants us to have. <laughs> right. <laughs> She said one that you got one that God wants you to have. Right. Okay. And so, in other words, God has to call us. We got a disposition. But it may not be a Christian disposition. Right? So, you just think about it. How many times have you been in a situation where you've been in your feelings? And you might not have been in your Christian feelings, but you was in your feelings. Right? And so, and so the mere fact that you recognize that you're in your feelings, but that you're not in your Christian feelings means that God is saying something to you about your disposition. Does that make sense? Okay. And, and, and we all know that circumstances can drive you or can lead you or can direct you towards a disposition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You let somebody get on your nerves. Right? You let somebody who say they love you hurt you. And you will 
be led into a mood and attitude. <laughs> Am I right about it? Yeah. All right. But that's not the question. The question is, what is God calling you into? Is God calling you into a certain disposition, a certain attitude, a certain mood, a certain thought process, a certain, y'all feel what I'm saying? Do, I, do we need to say, say it again? Recognize who's in control. Mm-hmm. Recognizing who's in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you take control, where are you going to end up? If you allow God to take control of your thoughts, where are you going to end up? I'm not saying, we're not saying that uh, your normal chain of thought is faulty. Let's be real. When you grieve, there is a grief process. Okay? And to tell somebody who's grieving to just get themselves together is short-sighted. Am I right? Right? There is a process of anger. I mean, it just is. Things happen. There's a process for, for anger. And to tell somebody not to not be angry, you can't even tell Jesus that. He says you're going to be angry. He said, but the process is to sin not. Am I right? Y'all get what I'm saying? So, so let's, not, let's not act like just because you're a Christian and you have a Christian disposition that you don't grieve, that you're not sad, that you're not angry, that you're not disappointed because you will be. All right? But as Mother has already said that when God is in control of your thoughts, where you land should be in a Christian place. <laughs> I like this. I don't know about y'all, but I like this. Where you end up should be a Christian place. Okay? And so, let's just be clear. Alright? Now, uh, uh, we're talking about, we're ta- we're, let's just be, again, I want to be clear. We're talking about dispositions where God, or, or let's just say it like this, where God can help you live a life that is pleasing to him. So that means that if your disposition, if your attitude, if your mood, right? Are y'all with me? If your mood is not pleasing to God, then it is important that you adjust your outlook on life. Your outlook. Is that making sense? It's very important. Y'all ain't talking back to me, but let's just be real. The people that you hang around can impact your outlook, your disposition. Right? They say birds of a feather flock together. So oftentimes you might just want to check your crowd. Right? You might just want to check the people that are around you and stick a thermometer in there and get the temperature. Because if they cold, chances are you're gonna be cold too. If they too hot, chances are you're gonna be too hot too, right? Y'all hear me talking about a thermometer and a thermostat. The difference, right? If you are a Christian, you should be able to go into a cold situation and warm it up. You should be able to go into a hot situation and cool it down. (laughs) Y'all, okay. I can stop right there, right? 
your disposition, your outlook. You should be able to adjust, not according to what's going on out there, but according to what God has deposited into here. And by here, I'm pointing to in your mind, you know, in your heart, which is the seat of your activity, you know, of where everything springs from. Are there any questions about that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever experienced these kind of situations? Mm-hmm. I know uh, we have a church member who was pulled over by the police. They called me. And I'm, I heard on the phone what was going on in the situation. Now, the, the officers involved have apologized, okay? They've reached out. They've done all the things that they feel like they need to do. But that's not where I want to glorify God. Where I want to glorify God is in the fact that those officers were trying to drag this church member into a really messed up disposition. But there was enough word in that individual to where they weren't going to let all the stuff that happened to them drag them into a situation that could have gotten worse and went in a direction. I want y'all to understand this young man's words to me was Pastor G. I thought I was going to die. That's where they were trying to lead him. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They were trying to lead him down that path. But there had to be enough stuff in here and in here to say, no, I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you do that. I have done nothing wrong. You have not told me why you have stopped me. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. And at the same time, I'm telling you, I got rights. I'm telling you, my church is right around that corner. Pastor G has been fighting to make sure this kind of stuff don't happen. And he shouldn't even have to mention my name. But the point is, he had enough stuff in here that even though they said, we're taking you to jail. Even though they said, you digging a hole for yourself, young man. Even though he said, hands was on the belt. He said, I, I escaped. That's his words. I escaped. Y'all don't hear that. So they were provoking. Yes. Antagonizing. They were baiting him. They were. I'm just trying to see if if he the only one who understands what that's like. Was that Saturday? I don't know. No. Because they they have my neighborhood on lockdown. No. I mean every other car. No, this was just right down here. So, so yeah, there are people. Who take it as their responsibility to bait you into a non-Christian disposition. Does that make sense? And sometimes if you take the bait, you can't come to yourself afterwards because it's too late. Right? Your witness has been tarnished. Now what you want me to do? Right? Now I got to go to the morgue. What am I going to do now? Y'all feeling what I'm saying? Okay. That's why it's so important to have enough of God's word on the inside of you that you can sustain yourself even in this world. It would be nice if we didn't have 
personal physical accidents with people when we walked around. But we do. We be minding my own business. I'm just doing what I do. I go to work. I go home. I go to church. I go in the community. I do what I got to do. Why do I have to run into you? Accident. Right? Now I got to deal with the fact that I've got a dent because you weren't paying attention. And that's what happens. Minding your own business. And you end up dealing with people who take it as their role and responsibility to bait you. They're doing the work of the enemy. And then we help them. No, you can't. Right? Any, any, anybody got any comments on that? I just want to make sure we're making this as practical as I can make it. Because this is not, this, the, what, this scripture we're about to read, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. This is not high holy talk. This is stuff we deal with. Some of y'all are going to run right into this when you walk out of here today. Okay? Some of these people who are listening to me online, they're dealing with it right now. Right? They're sitting in the, in the lunchroom or whatever, you know, dealing with it right now. Know when they walk out. They got to run back into somebody who feels it's their job to make them change their disposition. Okay. So let's just read this. Uh, somebody read Matthew five sixteen. There's three things going on there, and we'll touch on all three. Go ahead. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Three things going on. All right. We've already, um, Sister Jarvis has already kind of helped us understand the light shine through her testimony. Okay. Through her testimony. Remember, the testimony of the saints edifies the body. That's why we got to hear testimony. That's why you're not going to see me shut people down, you know, when they want to share their testimony. Because you never know who needs it. Right? And so she shared a testimony about how how in the midst of what she's going through. Remember, when uh, when we talk about a light, uh, uh, you light is intentional. Remember? Light is intentional. Okay, if you want light, you have to want it to have it. Is that making sense? Because light is intentional. So when you say uh, let your light let. Means that you have to do something in order to achieve it. Okay, because darkness is unintentional. You don't have to try. For things to get dark. Darkness happens. Does that make sense? Okay. You live long enough. And you'll recognize. That falling is easy. Getting back up. Takes strength. Darkness happens. So if you want light. You have to work. At it. And light. Has to have. A Source. <laughs> oh, y'all. <laughs> right? Have I said it before? When you go to the store, you can buy a light bulb, which becomes the source of the light. But you cannot buy a dark bulb. Darkness has no source. It just is. Are y'all follow what I'm saying? So if you want to let, if you want light to shine, it has to. To accompany effort. And that effort revolves around a source. 
Without the sun, what would we have? Without that fluorescent, what would we have? Darkness. Without that window, what would we have? Darkness. Because without a source, there is no light. And without effort, right, on somebody's part, you can't let it shine. Okay? Let's just be clear. If I could get people to understand that, right? If we could just help people understand that without, and I don't have my Bible, I have my phone. Without the word of God, that is your source. Without a source, you have resigned yourself to darkness. Because darkness is free. Anybody ever paid a dark bill? <laughs> you go home and, and electricity's off. Ain't nobody gonna send you a bill to live in the dark. <laughs> okay? You don't get a dark bill. You only get a bill when you <laughs> Y'all follow what I'm saying? If we can get people to understand that if you don't have a light source, okay, then you're gonna be in the dark. But at the point where you say, I want to live in the light, it's going to cost you. You're going to have to pay something. <laughs> Am I right about it? And sometimes, watch this. Sometimes, oh, I don't want to go there. Yeah, I feel what I'm saying. I can stay on this all day long. Just this, this just right here. Let your, let your light shine. I, we could spend all day right there. Because there are so many people that are in the dark and don't understand why. But it's easy. Yeah. Oh my God. It don't require me to yeah. do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we said the same thing. It don't require you to do. Living in dark is easy. Right? Yeah. Living in the dark is easy. Right? And, and, and let's just let's just be honest. There, there are times where we spend our effort and our energy to live in the light. And we have to recognize that the effort and the energy that we've put into walking and living in the light illuminates other folk. Are y'all hearing me? And then forget a man I saw on the street. He, I took a picture of him. He was laying, laying down, had a blanket on him. And I was wondering why he was where he was. Like, why is he laying there? And I had to understand that he was laying on a vent because of the steam, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He done figured out that the building that he was next to had the heat on or the air on or whatever. And that the residual impact of the, the HVAC system was that it would give off this hot steam. And so he wanted to benefit from the residual of the HVAC system. There are people who are living off of the reflection of your glow. Y'all, I'd a preacher. Can you write that down? <laughs> the res you know what I'm saying? They living off of the reflection of the light that's in your life. Right? Because here it is. They're not going to come to Bible study. Y'all hear me? They ain't going to come to church. 
They're not going to listen to him. They're not going to listen to 1310. They're not going to do that because they don't want direct access. He didn't want to go in the building. He couldn't go in the building. He had to stay on the outside. There are people on the outside who they're going to live off of the reflection of the light because they're not willing to put in the effort and the energy, right, to get in on it themselves. Anywho. Now, it says, let your light shine before men. Now, let's just be real. Uh, when we talk about this light, we know the source of this light. Oftentimes, men, by men, we don't mean men in general. We, I mean, we don't just mean men. We mean men in general. Men, women, children, boys, girls, adults, kids, you name it. What they see is, again, the reflection of what we're receiving. Is that making sense? They don't see the source. They see the reflection. Now, if you don't, if you're not careful, you can get quite excited about, about the response that people give based on the reflection. Are y'all following because it feels good to be able to help people. It feels good to be able to come to people's aid, right? It feels good to be able to give people fish and never teach them how to fit. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Oh, I, I'm saying a lot, y'all. I'm hoping y'all catching this. So you got to understand, you got to be careful letting your light shine before men because you can get quite, you get kind of comfortable. Letting your light just shine before men. Because the point is not that they see the reflection, but that they understand that there's a source. Right? That's why we had to move to this next thing. That they may see your good deeds. Uh-huh. Understood. There's a... Okay. You know that's... Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that they may see your good deeds. Remember, what does the deeds point to? Your disposition. Right? You dim your light when they don't see good deeds, but they see bad deeds. You dim your light when, when the member of ours is out there and they get baited and they get drugged into confrontation with IMPD, they end up downtown, even if they was right, right? Because their disposition was not Christian. Now I got to go back. Now we got to go back and we got to deal with the behavior. Right. And we got to say, hey, the next time you confronted with this, this is how you respond. Right. Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. He had every right. He ain't done nothing wrong. You let you y'all released a murderer. And I haven't murdered anybody. He had every right to. But he had to go through what he went through so that we could get to where we're going. Right? We needed access. So he had to put up. Well, what did he put up with? Ah. So we got to understand. When people see the reflection, what they should see should not be diminished based on our disposition. However unchristian it might be. Right? Okay, now, when they see these good deeds, 
What's the what's the result? Somebody read that. What's the result? That's the number three of this. What is it? Glorify God. Glorify God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glorify God. We're glorifying God today for our church member mm-hmm. because we saw the good deed, mm-hmm. right? There was enough light in his life, right? He was here Sunday, heard sermon Sunday, right? you know, he was here last week, was at Bible study last week, you know, all kind of stuff. So we know he's, he's getting something. He must be. Why? Because what reflected off of him was the source, what he was getting. It reflected. We saw the good deed. So we're glorifying God today. Why? Because we ain't going down to the morgue. We're not going down to jail to bail him out. Right. Is that making sense? Okay. And so we must understand, what's the goal of all this? The goal, the goal is glorifying the source, right? The, the goal is glorifying the source, okay? Now, I could, y'all hear me? And I'm done, I'm, gonna, I'm done. I've only got a few seconds left, so we're done. But I could, uh, I could go home right now to my house as, as anybody else in here, you can go home, okay, to your blender, your uh, toaster, your uh, microwave, your refrigerator, which all have their purpose in your home, right? The lamp, the iron, the TV, all of it has purpose. All the, all the things I've described in every house has its role, right? And I believe that when we walk through life and we look at other people's lives and we see, oh man, you got a blender. That's nice. You can make smoothies. You got a, oh, that's nice. You can heat up cold food. You got a refrigerator. Oh, that's nice. You can keep your food preserved, right? You got a, you can enjoy entertainment and news. And I want that. So you know what? I'm going to go get me a microwave and a blender and a refrigerator and a television. I'm going to take them home. Just having those things don't mean we can enjoy them, does it? Why? Why not? Do y'all know where I'm headed with that? Because if I bought all of those household items and I took them home and I plugged them in, and the electricity was not on. Having all that stuff wouldn't mean a thing, would it? Couldn't enjoy none of it. I got it, but can't make no smoothie. I got it, but I can't heat up cold food. I've got the refrigerator, but I can't preserve none. Everything in here is spoiled. I've got it, but I can't watch no TV. I got everything. I got the television. I've got it plugged in. I've got it in position. I bought a stand for it. I got a spot for it. Everything is right where it needs to be, but I'm not enjoying it. Why? Because I didn't take care of the power source. So we got people with Bibles. Y'all don't hear me. We got people that show up at church on Sunday and on Wednesdays. We got people that quote scripture. We got people to sing hymns. We got people. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We got people that have all of the trappings. But their lives are still spoiled. They go into situations cold, can't heat it up. Right? 
things happen in their lives. They don't know nothing about it because they're not connected to CNN. They're not connected to CNBC. They're not connected to the. They're not connected to the source, right? They want to be healthy, but they can't make no smoothies. Y'all hear me? Because they have not connected to the power source. Is that making sense? So it's not enough to have those things. It's not enough to have to to receive the light, and then when it shines. People don't see good deeds because you're not connected. You're not connected to the source. Right? Anywho. Is that making sense? Has that been a blessing to somebody? I hope. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Some translations, good works. And glorify. Some translations say praise your father in heaven. All right. It is 12:56. All right. Any questions? It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.